the books. The Dinos will get the first round by. They complete the sweep. Good night, Lethbridge, as Roberts is mobbed by her teammates. A three to one final here at FTB. And man, what a happy squad as this team is going to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. When you start, um, or when you go into like your storage settings, there's like music, video, photos, whatever. And then there's this gray section of other. What is that? Is that just metadata from all this? But it's like 20 gigs and it's like, how do I delete other? And then Apple doesn't yeah. tell you anything. Cookies, search history, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like that's a lot of cookies. Anyway. Oh, hello. Another episode of Dinos Unfiltered. That was just Max on a bit of a rant. But we're back with you, Jeremy Lee, Max Sterley. Hello. And Max is currently frustrated with his 32 gig iPhone. Well, it's just not enough. No. 32 gigs. Enough. I remember in 2007 that was oh. that was a lot of space. But now when you have three screens of apps, you know, at least 500 songs, Spotify, all that stuff, it's not enough. Well, you're here. I am here, despite the lack of space. And you have a new addition in your life. I do. Let's, uh, let's hear about this. <laughs> I do. I finally, finally bought a car. Hey. First time in my life. I got my own insurance, got the car, did inspection, did all the big boy stuff. So. What did you end up with and how'd the story go? Uh, 2001 uh, Suzuki Grand Vitara. Okay. 150K. Um, the, the folks that I bought it from, their grandma owned it for about 15 years and didn't put any kilometers on it. So it's super well maintained and um, it's in amazing shape for like a 20 year old car. And uh, yeah, not much of a story. I just, you know, perusing uh, our good friends at Auto Trader, thanks to you. At, at no, the, three plug, the plug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At 3 a.m. and uh, it popped up and, you know, my, uh, my dad's mechanic back on Bowen Island, B.C., Lee Automotives, shouts out to them. Uh, they said that, or this mechanic swears by this car. He's like, if you get it, you will not regret it at all. I was like, you know what? That's good enough for me. I've looked all first right. six weeks. So, yeah, right. I am I am now mobile. Feels nice, hey? Oh, it's so great. It's so great, you know. <laughs> I ended up, like, obviously I had to register, and then I had to buy a brush, and then I had to buy, you know, screws to get the license plate on, and then, you know, already starting to understand how expensive it is but you know i don't care today it's nice it's mm. nice just to have some freedom that's awesome yeah congrats y you didn't buy a car this week or no i didn't no. i was just gonna give a masked singer update oh okay so <laughs> not that it applies to you or anything but so i think it's a show you would like potentially i probably would i mean this weekend was pretty heavy with mm. mass singer that I didn't watch, the XFL making oh, its man. debut. I am not watching that. And no the thanks. Oscars. Yeah. And we should have done some Oscar picks. Before. Yeah. Shoot. And big big night for Parasite. I don't know if you've seen that, but no. oh my god, I was tears, near tears when Parasite won Best Picture. That was terrific. Hmm. Yeah, you need to watch that movie. Anyway. Okay. Mass Singer update. Tell tell the fans. Well, what, what we're I'm missing. also waiting for Graham Black to catch up to get his thoughts on it, but. So last week was the unmasking of Lil Wayne in a robot costume. In, this, in episode two, they unmasked a llama, and it turned out to be Drew Carey. Oh. 
Yeah, and he was he singing. He had like time in between in between prices right recording uh, or yeah. something. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't know this, but he like he served in the in the it wasn't the Marines. It was like maybe the Navy. Can't remember, but hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did a lot with his life. It was hmm. pretty crazy. Not and bad. yeah, and who knew he could sing like that? So it's good. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I just want to know if anyone else out there is listening, if they're also watching. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> I need some help with you know trying to come up with guesses for who the remaining contestants are that are still masked. Maybe uh, we should get a Dino's unfiltered Twitter account. Mm. Or like some social media. That would be that way handy. people can actually reach out to us instead of plugging our you know I, I'll speak for myself, my awful Instagram and Twitter feed that's just <laughs> retweets or garbage. So it's a barren wasteland, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. it's awful. Um maybe <laughs> maybe we'll talk to the you know, up to upper management we'll about we'll getting some social channels. We'll yeah. have to push for that. Maybe a TikTok account. I don't know if Oh <laughs> man. Don't know what that is. <laughs> and so my one guess is that if anyone is watching, that the t- there's a singing turtle, and I feel like it's Neo, the R&B singer. So what's that's just what's my guess. Neo's big song? I, ride riding riding is it? Yeah. I remember it from like grade seven. It's like what you gonna be when ecstasy we ride and ride. No, that's not him. Okay, well that was awkward then. This is good. Good effort. Oh, this is a pretty good like yeah. tune. I can keep a tune a little bit. Um, Who was his? That? Uh, his big album was the one with like with Miss Independent, Mad. Um, I don't know. I know like, nothing about okay. Neo. So okay, that's yeah. why. Yeah, zero. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think I think it's him. Sounds Wait. like him. Anyway, so that's all I'll say about that. Excited to watch episode three. They're going to be unveiling some more, but I know there's so much stuff to watch. You yeah. can't commit yeah. to everything, right? Yeah. No, I, there's too much to watch. And, you know, I, I don't know about you if you're the same, if you have the same habits as me, but as soon as one show finishes, I pick another one instantly. And I'm on Billions right now. Billions mm. is a pretty interesting show, uh, you know, learning how to day trade and stuff. So I'm going to be, this will probably be my last podcast after I hit it big. So. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just. Kidding. I know nothing about it. I I didn't even know what a what an IPO was until like yesterday. So anyway, yeah. No, it's uh it should be fun. <laughs> Let's uh. We'll we'll talk about what we're here to talk about instead of just peddling our day trading, right? Yeah, day oh, trading. Okay. If if Jeremy and I'll start. If I had to, you know. If Dino's sports or Dino's players were commodities that you could invest in, I would invest in Matt Alfaro. He just won the scoring title in Canada West men's hockey, 36 points on the year. And the men's team rounded out the season, finishing in third. Alfaro was a big reason for that. Grayson Paul and Chuck on U of A was nipping at his heels to try and catch him, but Alfaro beat him out. And the Dinos are going to get Manitoba in the first round. So Dinos are definitely the favorite. Uh, but it's going to be chippy. Ma- or Manitoba, the Bisons, that men's team is angry and hard to play against. So, Why are they angry? I, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, you know, they're just feisty. They're just okay. annoying to play against. And, you know, 
they they don't make your life easy. You know, they they're one of those teams that maybe they're a little bit less skilled, but they'll just grind you down like crazy. They'll get in on the four check and throw hits, and it was very chippy last time these two teams played. So, so it's basically just four lines of fourth liners. Uh well, they have some skill. Okay. Like I mean, that'd okay. be that'd be selling them short a little bit. I didn't want to, you know, you said it, not me. So yeah, that's um, fine. I my my work is in volleyball. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're I'm not just like they're you. just a bunch of guys who <laughs> run around the ice throwing their weight. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, but uh, no, go, I want to go back to Matt Alfaro for a second. He's probably one of those pleasant guys you'd pluck off the waiver wire early, and he just had a great season well throughout, right? you know you know like he was he was a guy that before the season started and nobody cares but i did say he was a player to watch you know check the tapes um but you know he was a guy coming into the season that had a lot of success last year in a you know second third line role like he was able to play a strong two-way and then but they needed him or they needed someone to bring the offense because sheen was gone and I don't think anyone expected this, but he's been so physically dominant. And if he gets, you know, an angle on you, especially coming off the rush, like he is unstoppable. Um, so, so a break, a breakout player. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, no question about it. He's really coming to his own, and I wouldn't be surprised if for the next two years if he does if he's at the top again. So, but yeah, good for men's hockey. They're you know they obviously didn't get the buy, but they're gonna. Um, you know, play Manitoba in all likelihood, take care of business, and then it'll be a huge series against Sask or U of A. So. And then as for the women, they end up with a bye. They did. They hey, did. It was uh, What a turnaround. Holy yeah. S- s- uh, being ranked last in the preseason coaching poll <laughs> uh, to second in Canada West, and I believe they are nationally ranked this week after sweep against Lethbridge. And um, just a great moment for, for them to pull it off and – you know, they you could you could tell how happy they were and you know, talk to Sarah Craven after the game and for her this is like this is my first time going to playoffs and you know, we're we're basically because you know, top two go to nationals, uh, so if you play finals, whatever and then you go. Um but they're they're three wins away from going to nationals because they they earn this bye and um they're they're just they're amped and they're very well deserved. This team worked their ass off this year. I don't know if I can say that, but I think it should be okay. So <laughs> you for sure can say that. Yeah. So who would you want to see them play in the next round? I don't remember after the, their bye, obviously. Yeah, I don't remember their their matchups, like what it, who they, because they're going to play one of two. Um, if I had to pick, like just looking off the top of my head, I think a series against Mount Royal would be terrific. You know, just the the rivalry piece is always is always a thing to watch for. But they lost to them. They did lose. The they they did right? lose. Yeah. So like, it would be be a great matchup. I don't know if it'd be best um, in terms of advancing to the next round. But they're they're well matched against pretty much anyone. Honestly, like they, you know, they're a grinding team, and you know, lots teams throughout this entire season, whoever they're going to play in the next round, have had issues with how hard they work and how aggressive they are not only five on five but down a skater as well so i think i think they're in a pretty prime spot and kelsey is just being herself so it's just it's really cool for them they're really they they're a really proud group right now and well deservingly so so moving on to what what else happened around dino land hey let's start with 
Well, I guess we don't start. We already started. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> let's go with wrestling. Yes. Yes. It was a fantastic weekend here at the Jack. Another banner coming home. Another How banner. Another banner coming home for women's wrestling. Congratulations to the yeah. women. Winning, uh, winning the Canada West Championship, and conveniently, our guest in the, uh, in our previous episode, Amy Belavia, um, putting in work this weekend. 21 seconds 21 is what seconds. all she needed to secure her win. So What can't you do in 21 seconds? Like, I can't even put on my skates in 21 seconds. Um, pick a place to eat. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that's a or good Or, like, one. pick a Netflix movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, 21 hours. <laughs> like, I'll pick for tomorrow. But, no, like, that, that's, that's crazy. Like, in any, any scenario, like, 21 seconds to, you know prep prepare do all this stuff you need to do and then it's over just like that because you're physically dominant it's terrific stuff like the next time i'm suiting up i'm gonna be like amy bellavia has a gold medal around her neck at this point already it's like i'm still tying my shoes yeah i'm still on my third button yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's insane so congratulations to them um they had 36 points i believe to 32 36 for the women and then 30 for the men. They ended up finishing in third. Okay. Uh, Saskatchewan, four, 43, and Alberta, 38. But yeah. a strong weekend overall that uh, Mitch, you know, after the, the, the championship was over, that he was just incredibly proud of his, of his team, both of his, both of his teams. So, and con- uh, congratulations to Mitch, too, Coach of the Year. Yes, absolutely. Some other awards, Stephen Shepard, Student Athlete Community Service Award. Grace Liu, Rookie of the Year and Student Athlete Community Service Award. What a year for Grace. Yep, absolutely. And quickly want to touch on uh, volleyball. So the men won two matches out in Winnipeg, and that puts them currently in fifth. So last week I said they want to get a piece of that four or five spot in playoff standings. However, the fourth seed right now is Brandon, who was last year's Canada West champions. And the reason why they're in fourth is there was a stretch where they were without their two best players. Mm. So they were in a free fall for about six games there. Uh, and they're all healthy now, unfortunately. So that's not a matchup you want. So <laughs> forget what I said last week. You don't want any part of that four or five spot, unless if somehow Brandon can get out of that four spot. But yeah, I would want to play U of A. If I were the men, that's mm-hmm. the that's the matchup. Um, I'm chatting with Kate Finley too about this. That's the matchup you want because no one they played good as a team, but like no one really scares you on that team. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the easiest way to get through to the semis. If mm-hmm. um, if I were the men, as for the women, they went one and one against Winnipeg. Because of that loss, I don't think they can make playoffs now. Mm-hmm. Because the- even if they win the the, the last two home games against UBCO coming up, they would only pull even with Winnipeg, and Winnipeg still has a better sets differential or set differential. Right. So, yeah, I don't think they can beat them, unfortunately. And I also wanted to point out uh, Marina Chulo, a oh. middle for them. She oh, man. got injured. And you, yeah. did, you, did you watch her? Kate, Kate told me about this, oh, and man. it was, yeah, she was pretty beat up about it, and I, I, she she told me what you said too that like that you were texting her about it and it was just like it was just not not I've seen pretty. This, I've seen this too many times. Like, yeah, I, I can't I can't believe it's happened yeah. so many times. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. 
So, oh man, my heart just sinks for Marina. Um, but hopefully she can have a fast recovery for what what it's worth. But yeah. you know, and, and credit to Winnipeg and their production staff for you know not showing any anything from it, and they just moved right on, which is great. Yeah. So, but I think the whole team was pretty shaken um, coming no, out of that. And how could you not be? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes it that much tougher heading into nationals. Yeah, which absolutely. I think. I think it's safe to say, like, we're going to get the eighth seed. But as UBC has shown us in the past, they won the national championship as an eighth seed last year. So anything can happen. What Ke- what Kevin Garnett say? Anything is possible? Well, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> that's enunciated pretty clearly, but yeah, yeah something <laughs> like that. So let's move on to... To basketball. Basketball. And the regular seasons have ended up have wrapped up two uh two teams that are 18 and two two nothing weekends for both the women's and the men's teams against mru it was packed the jack too oh yeah um and from what i understand for at least the men's game of pack the jack that it was a romp like i think the score was 100 to 73 it was never close and good atmosphere over by halftime kind of yeah even by a second <laughs> quarter. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, two two very strong finishes for two incredible programs heading into the playoffs. And our guest, Zoa talks about it a little bit. Um, you know, not only what the season's been like, but some of the goals heading into, you know, heading into the playoffs and also nationals beyond the obvious of winning and playing hard. So um uh, should be an exciting time. It's always it's always fun to watch teams at at an elite level and this is what we have in for men's and women's basketball. Yeah, and they get to host a bevy of playoff games. The men um they finish second behind U of A. So, yeah, they'll host their fair share of playoff games, everything outside of the Canada West Finals, I believe. And as for the women, they get to host all the way through to the C dub yep. title game finishing as the number one seed in the Canada West. Well, we had the same record as Saskatchewan, but we had a better RPI, so we'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so come on out to the Jack. Support your dinos. It's going to be great. So, yeah, pretty excited about what's happening with the playoff picture. We talked about that before. And um, even more excited to get to this interview with Azoa Santiago. He was awesome. Really enjoyed chatting with him. Chill guy, really, really friendly demeanor, and he was happy to join us. He gave us 40 minutes of his time, so. Um, and the dude can score, so yes, you want to watch him live and in person for the playoff run the Dinos are going to go on, he'll put on a show. All right, let's send it over. Thanks, Jeremy. Good stuff. Max effort by you. All right, Dinos Unfiltered underway as we have Dinos basketball this week. Azoa Santiago with us from Men's Basketball. How are you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Can't wait to do <laughs> Kind of nervous about this episode. Well, <laughs> yeah. I I'm feel excited. like I have the worst one because I have uh, buttered popcorn or rotten egg. Rotten egg is not great. Yeah. Because so you... I, I had that last week. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go first. Yeah, go Okay. Oh, butter popcorn. I taste the butter right away. Lucky. Okay. Pear booger, is that it? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's a nice pair. That's a nice, that's a nice pair. Let's okay. make it three for three. Okay, two for two for good ones. So All right, what do we got? I got a berry blue with toothpaste. Yep. Let's give it a try. <laughs> toothpaste. That's Crest. not bad, though. That's not bad, though. Um, oh, man. What flavor of toothpaste? Is it like another berry or just like straight mint? It's like minty? Tastes like straight mint. Okay. okay. I mean, yeah, not bad. We'll there, there are worse things for sure. <laughs> This good. butter taste is just lasting forever. Yeah, I it's know. great. I know. Hey, we went. Oh no. Well, yeah. yeah. Two for three, not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. So first off, congratulations! A really good season for you guys. Eighteen and two. First year with the team for yep. you. Yep. Um, man, what what's the season been like for you guys? Like, seems like a dream, and then except for like a little hiccup in in Alberta, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty good. Like we got a great group of guys. Um, nine new guys i believe and i know uh we got two veteran guys so it's been a bit of a learning process throughout the whole season i mean i say we've done pretty well the alberta game was just a little bit of a lapse i'd say but i'd say we needed that to give us a little bit of a push because if we're going to make it to nationals if we're going to go to the canada west finals we're going to play really good teams so i think that was a good opportunity for us to just wake up a little bit on the court it was like a checkpoint, I guess, right? Just yeah. like, okay, where do we need to be? Um, and for you personally, like, what did, like, coming from those losses, what did you need to improve on? What do you think could go better for you? Personally, I think I needed to communicate a little bit more. Mm. I think that's a really big key for us because we're so young. Communication is important. Just veteran guys telling everywhere to go, and then that just helps, like, all the younger guys remember everything, remember plays, stay engaged, and stuff like that. So... I just said communication and just our intensity on defense and offense because Alberta played really hard and we just have to match that aggression. So I think, again, why it was a good test for us. Do you think like in those in those uh, games where you guys took a step back, do you think your intensity was, was lacking in any sense or was it just getting a little bit overmatched by another team? I don't think we were overmatched because we got a lot of talent on the team. Like we've had some really, really, really impressive flashes this year. I think it was just us playing hard. They wanted it more than us. They were playing a lot harder. But if we can match it at intensity, I don't think there's any any doubt in my mind that we can't be the best team in the country. You mentioned nine new players on the team. Have you ever been in a situation like that before? And you're one of those nine new players as yeah, well. Yeah. So it's like how like you guys got to come together quickly, right? Like what the, what were the team bonding moments like? You know, preseason and all yeah, that stuff. Right. So. Uh, I've actually been in this situation before. Um, I just transferred recently from a junior college in Texas. And um, my second year, sorry, my first year was exactly like that. We had nine new guys and two returners. So, um, so this, is, this is nothing this for is, you. This is exactly the same thing, except uh, my whole team, we were from uh, myself, Trinidad, Canada. My other teammate was from Australia, Venezuela, uh, Congo, South Sudan. So wow. as well as like learning about new guys out to also had to learn about new cultures of other people and stuff like that. So, I mean, I've been in this situation before. This year, we uh, went to Virgin Islands, mm. which is a really good experience. Got a chance to play some really good teams, really good talent. But we also had a chance to go to the beach, play some spike ball, just really do some team bonding stuff, which I think really transferred into the season because we're really good teammates on the court, but off the court, we all we all hang out with each other because we just have that type of bond. Who's the most intense spike ball player on the team? I was just going to say, we need to take that sidebar and ask about spike ball. 
I don't know. Uh, if some guys hear this podcast, they might be a little bit mad at me. Um, I'd probably say uh, Carter. Carter and Jackson. They were the best bike ball team in Virgin Islands. Like, they were beating everybody. Who's the worst? <sighs> Who are you going to sue her? <laughs> the worst? You have the platform. Hmm. <laughs> I'd have to say my, my teammate, Edwin. <laughs> Edwin needs some help, eh? Yeah, Edwin needs a little bit of help. Oh, man. Um, is, is it, does he just not have, like, good hand-eye coordination? Or, like, what's going on there? Why is he such a drawback? It's a reflex thing, isn't it? Oh, there's a lot that uh, goes. It's guess. pretty tough. Ball. Like, you got to dive for loose balls. Like, it's, hmm. it's, it's intense. Yeah. Sometimes you can get stuck in the sand. So if you're not quick on your feet, you might be in trouble. Just going back to your Lee College days there, um, you were mentioning as well, not – a new situation for you, nine new players. But what you said there was fascinating because you talked about just people coming from all different parts of the world. I can only imagine that it's also different types of playing styles as well, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you mesh together on the court? Because it's one thing to, like, get to get along, you know, as teammates, but it's another thing to, like, say, okay, maybe this part of the world plays more selfishly or this one is more low post dominant, whatever it is. Like, yeah. how do you mesh that together? Well, we all came, I'd say, two months prior to school starting. Hmm. We had a long summertime, long summer workouts. We had three days. So our coach kind of instilled in us that team culture. So, I mean, obviously guys came off the plane and thought that they had to do this, they had to do that. But in the end, like, close to the Jamboree, which is kind of like our preseason tournament in junior college, we kind of found it came together, beat, like, the number two team in the country by 20 points. So, in the end of the day, like, we all started gelling together. But I'd say at first, when everybody came, it was it was a little bit of chaos. A mess. Yeah. <laughs> I was chatting with uh, former Dino, Mombi Diawara, and he has a similar story of playing down in Texas as yeah, well. And, yeah. And he he mentioned that the culture down there is very much, it's more of a selfish culture because they're right. trying to all trying to get that uh, Div 1 scholarship. Right. Everyone's trying to look out for themselves. Yeah. Did you find a similar um, yeah, I mean, vibe down there? Yeah. yeah, junior college basketball in general is kind of like that because everyone's trying to leave. Hmm. It's not a four-year institution. It's a two-year college. So you really just want to get your degree and you want to move on. It's a, it's a transitional phase. You don't go there to spend your rest of your playing career there. So I'd say Mommy's right on in that aspect. Like, it's, that's definitely a thing over there. Where did you feel you developed the most uh, in your basketball trajectory? Would it be high school? Would it be down in Lee College? Would it be now even? I would say, so I did a fifth year in my, uh, in my high school. So I went to Holy Trinity Catholic Secondary School. That's in uh, Oakville, Ontario. But then my fifth year, I went to a prep school right outside of Detroit, uh, Windsor, Ontario. Hmm. I'd say there I kind of made like a short jump um i went to junior college spent my two years there and then came to calgary and it's just a whole different type of playing style here like the game is a lot different and that kind of forced me to change my game and i'd say i've I've gotten better here as well in Mm. a lot of aspects whether that be like my basketball iq uh, my shooting just being able to read the game more Uh, junior college basketball was kind of more for athletes whereas here you kind of have to think the game a lot more like logically and make the right reads and stuff like that because everyone's not an athlete on the floor. Yeah. So you're like finding you're spending more time in the game room or the yeah, film room. Definitely. And, yeah. I'm definitely with coach all the time in the film, <laughs> trying to break stuff down, trying to figure out what did I do here? What do I need to do to get better and stuff like that? 
do you like that aspect, like going into the film room and breaking down whether it's, you know, every single play you're making or shots you're taking and how you can, you know, f- pick your spots better? Like, do you enjoy that side of basketball? Yeah, I actually love that. I didn't necessarily have the chance to do that at my junior college, but now that I have that chance here, like, I always look at my film because you can always improve and you can only get better by actually watching yourself play. So, yeah, I'd say I love I love watching film. You mentioned you're from Oakville, Ontario, and you talked about spending that last year uh, at prep school at Windsor. Um, what's it like being away from home like at such an early age? Um, I'd say it, my, my year at Windsor wasn't that bad because Windsor was only about a three-and-a-half-hour drive from my house. But it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough being away from home, being away from my family because I live with my, my mom, my grandmother, my aunt, and she has two daughters, so I mm. live in a really big household. Um, when I went to JUCO my first year, it was, it was pretty tough for me. Mm. But I know that my family's proud of me, proud of what I'm doing, so that that kind of just keeps me going a lot of the time. And now, even though I'm back in Canada, I'm still five hours away from my house, like five-hour flight away from my oh, house. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's okay. I don't, I don't mind it at all. Like, I actually enjoy it. I talk to my family all the time, so it's like they're always here with me. You have to learn to cook for yourself, right? I mean, I've always, I've always been able to do that. Okay, my mom, okay. mom kind of showed me the way. Okay. So, yeah. what's, what's the best dish you can cook? It's actually a Trinidadian dish. It's called uh, stew chicken and rice uh, with macaroni pie. That's my, that's my dish right there, oh, my man. go-to dish. Let's so, get a Dino's unfiltered sample. <laughs> oh, we should just do a <laughs> yeah, food we edition. We should have done that instead of being boozled, honestly. Oh, uh, I would have enjoyed that more. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. That sounds amazing. Um, for those who don't know, I just want to backpedal a little bit. For In layman's terms, for a couple guys that are pretty unfamiliar with Lee College and the, the whole atmosphere that Texas brings, um, in layman's terms, what was it like to play down there? And how? what do you think the biggest difference between Lee College and UFC is if on first glance for you? I Lee College was in was in Baytown, Texas. That's about twenty minutes from Houston. Okay, Houston's like fourth largest city in the United States, yeah. but uh, Baytown is kind of like a little suburb away from it. Playing there was it was pretty good because Lee College was the only sports team in Baytown, so you had all the fans, everyone in Baytown coming out to watch Lee College. You guys play. were pretty popular then. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty popular over there. Um, I came to UFC, great team culture. 20-0 season, national championship. So it was kind of the same thing with the fans. Like, it was a great team culture, great team atmosphere. The biggest thing I'd have to say is the way the game's played. Like I mentioned earlier, in junior college, everyone's, like, a lot more athletic. They don't play with as much basketball IQ, whereas here you actually have to think the game, right. make the right reads and stuff like that. So that's the biggest difference for me, just the playing style and the basketball IQ. And from a city perspective, what was your first impression when you got to Calgary? You can be honest. <laughs> okay, honestly, before I came, I was expecting like trees, forests, mountains, and then I came here. I was like, "Wow, this this kind of looks like downtown. Kind of looks like Toronto, just yeah. a lot less traffic. Yes. It's pretty yeah. nice to get around in like yeah, ten minutes, yeah. as opposed to like thirty minutes to yeah. go around the block." Um, I had a chance to go to Banff when I got here. It was it was beautiful. I've never seen anything like that before, and. uh I also got went to uh, Crescent Crescent's View. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Crescent Heights. Crescent yeah. Heights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Crescent, Crescent Heights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got to see the city that way as well. Yeah. It's it's beautiful here. When did you first land in Calgary? Was it like end of summer type? Yeah, it was in uh, around July. 
Okay, okay. So I came kind of right before preseason. And you didn't get the full, you know, snowy picture that we have outside right now. Well, he's getting it right now. I'm yeah, no, it right no, now. yeah, this is <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> That's this awesome. Is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about what your recruiting process looked like coming to Calgary. How did Calgary even become an option for you after playing at Lee College? Right. Um, so around Christmas time, I was about to go into the region tournament for Lee College after my Christmas break, and uh, Coach Van Horn reached out to me mm. and just said that he'd be he'd really like me to come to his school. Um, I've heard about Calgary. I know like Mombi. Mombi school is about fifteen minutes from my school. We're actually a uh, basketball. Yeah, rivals. Port Arthur, right? Or in, uh, in Port Arthur? La, yeah, it's Lamar. in Par- Lamar State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so. I've I've heard of Calgary. Um, I came. I actually came back here during Christmas break to see my family. And ended up coming to Calgary for an official visit, and I loved it. Like there was no one on school on campus, but I mean, like just the atmosphere. I got to speak to the coaching staff, met the strength and conditioning coach. They kind of told me about their team culture, and I I loved Calgary. Um, I went back to Lee College from Calgary. Went to my region tournament. Finished graduated and then uh i came back home and a month after i came back home i kind of made it official and said that i wanted to come play for university of calgary so it was really a smooth transition did you have any other options that you were thinking about or was it you're like i'm totally committed to ufc yeah um i had like a couple mid-major division one schools as well as some other schools in canada um the biggest thing for me apart from basketball was getting a really good degree so I didn't necessarily want to go to a school where I would just be playing basketball in America. I wanted to get uh, have the balance of getting a really good degree and also having a really good basketball career, and I thought that University of Calgary was the best option for me. Right, yeah. and after this first season, it's like, yes, yeah. I made a good choice. Yeah, I definitely made the right choice. What was it like stepping into such a big role? It seems like you stepped into the Mombi role, actually, to be honest. Yeah, like just, instantly. Yeah, you're in that prime offensive scoring position role. Um, what was that transition like for you? Um, it was it was pretty smooth. I mean, I kind of spoke to the coaching staff before about kind of what my role would be like if I came. Um, I obviously had to watch a lot of film, had to go over the offense many times because when I first got here, I was I was screwing up the offense like mm. every single possession. Um, and then also I play with a great group of guys that trust me to pass me the ball and trust that I can make shots. So. It's it was a pretty easy transition playing with these group of guys here. What would you say in your current arsenal is like your bread and butter? Like your favorite shot or favorite play? You're like make and, I got you every yeah. time if you're like going up against. I'd probably defender. say like a left wing three in transition, or I'd probably say like get into the basket in transition. Like we play really fast. Okay, so you're all about the transition game. I'm all yeah. about transition. But if I had to go to a move if the defender was guarding me, I'd probably go left, dribble, step back. Okay. That's my shot right there. What uh, shot in your arsenal are you most proud of working on the hardest? Like what was like really difficult when you first like wanted to uh, complete that move, but and then you're like, okay, it's good now, and I'm like, I'm proud of this. It's actually not a shot, but it's a basketball read. Like, I was not able to read a pick and roll when I came mm-hmm. here. Okay. And now, like, I've, I work out with the coaching staff a lot, and they've kind of put me through some decision training and stuff like that. 
and now I can finally say like, okay, I understand what's going on here and I can make the right read. Right. So you're like, it's helping you become a better defender. Yeah. As well. As well. And yeah. on offense. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there a particular player um, that you model your game after, whether it's someone in the NBA or elsewhere? Um, I have a couple favorite players in the NBA. Um, I like Bradley Beal yeah. on the Washington Wizards. Um, I like Deion Waiters, even though he just got traded. And now no, he's, he's out of the league right now, yeah. trying to look for a contract. <laughs> but he, he can really score the ball. Uh, I also like watching Lou Williams, but I'd say a player that I watch a lot is uh, Drew Holiday on the yeah. Pelicans. Uh-huh. He's really okay. good. Growing up a little bit in Ontario and playing there, obviously, like did you did you jump on the Raptors bandwagon when they started to get good, or is no comment? You know, it's funny actually. I wasn't a basketball player when I was younger. Yeah. So I I lived in Trinidad. Yeah. yeah. I was born in Canada. Um, I moved to Trinidad when I was about three years old, and I played soccer throughout my life growing up, and I also swam competitively. It's not only till I moved back to uh, to Canada in the ninth grade that I picked up a basketball. And I was, I mean, I wasn't very good in grade nine, but I was just, I was an athlete, and I kind of just stuck with it and kept working on my game. And then I'd say around, like, grade, grade 11, grade 12 is when I, I got pretty serious about it, and I started realizing okay this is actually something i want to do hmm. so and when and when you came to canada or back to canada was there any consideration that you'd play soccer or swim at the at an elite <laughs> level or not really I, I started playing soccer in high school yeah. uh but I, I stopped the game was a lot different and a lot of my friends started playing basketball to okay. be honest and yeah. my uncle uh ronald santiago he he's passed now but he played um with Steve Nash and he was on Team Ontario mm. and he passed away when I came back to Canada so though he was really a big part of why I started playing basketball right. just to honor him right. so yeah that's that's a really big reason aside from like those other small points yeah, and you take basically two years and now you're here so it's a pretty pretty incredible journey for you so far that's awesome yeah yeah it's been a great journey well was there like a definitive moment that you're like this is the sport I love or was it just more of a gradual thing that happened over time? I think it was more of a gradual thing over time. I mean, I've always loved basketball. I Even though I played soccer in Trinidad, I still used to find time to watch the NBA Finals when it was on. Okay. I was just never like one of those guys that would follow a team through the regular season and stuff like that. But I knew that it was something that I wanted to do after my uncle passed away. Like I kind of fell in love even though I wasn't very good in grade nine, I kind of just fell in love with the process of working out and working hard and getting better. And then grade nine, grade 10, grade 11, grade 12, I just kept getting better every year. In the summertime, I just worked on my game and improved for the next years to come. I just want to transition back into this current season. What are you looking forward to most about, you know, hopefully enjoying a a deep playoff run and nationals and all that stuff? What are you looking forward to? (laughs) I'm just... I'm I'll, I'll be I'm just looking forward to to the guys success I mean if we go all the way to nationals when we go all the way to nationals it's going to be a great accomplishment knowing from where we came in the Virgin Islands going 0-3 making great team connections great team bonding to a national championship in one year I think like that's a really really big accomplishment for us mm-hmm. like that says a lot about our coaching staff a lot about our culture a lot about our toughness because we've lost like 
two, three main guys on the team, and we weren't necessarily supposed to be that good. But here we are, like we're doing it again. Even though we lost to Alberta, 18-2 and two is still like a very good season. And I think if we make it to Nationals, we go all the way, it's going to be a really big accomplishment for us. What do you think is the biggest reason why like this program is so successful? I mean, it, you know, it's small sample size for you, but um, from what you've seen and what you've experienced so far, why has it been such a strong pipeline of elite players coming in? Just one word, just culture. Yeah. Just culture. This team, like, we're a basketball team, but we're a family first. And I think once you develop that type of habit where the team cohesiveness is together, we're a family all the time, then everyone wants to play like no one's selfish because everyone wants to see each other do good. And I think once you get to that point as a team where you don't care about yourself, whereas you want to see your teammates and others do well, then the sky's the limit. You'll be successful. Uh, one quick question I had just about, uh, we, we talked about obviously you came into a new team this year, all that kind of stuff. Um, but generally speaking, whenever we talk to players about their first year coming into a new program, that often another teammate that you have now will take you under their wing and kind of show you the ropes, even though, you know, you have some veteran experience. So is there a particular guy when you came to Calgary that kind of, you know, showed you what it was like here and you kind of learned some early lessons from them and now you are where you are, obviously. But was there anyone that stuck out in your initial in yeah. initial start here? Yeah, I actually, Max is my roommate. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so <laughs> when I first got here, and he's he's a starting point guard, so yeah. he kind of showed me the ropes right away. Because as I mentioned earlier, um, I was very confused with the offense. So I'd be with Max like every night, drawing the plays out, trying to figure out where to go. Um, I kind of panicked a little bit, but he kind of kept me calm. He spoke to me like throughout the whole process. And uh, yeah, I'd say he's he's been a big influence on my game and where I am today. Is he teaching you German? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I don't think I'll be able to do that anytime soon. This is it's very hard. <laughs> I was going to say, though, like, out of all the athletes we've interviewed, I think Max is, like, the calmest guy yeah. that I've ever, like, come across. Yeah. So, like, yeah. What's your favorite Max story? That you can share, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Max story? <laughs> or funniest moment with Max? <laughs> um, let me think, man. Max. I'd probably say uh, it was an away game. I forgot where we were going, but he was he was late. He was late when we were heading there and forgot his tie because we usually travel with a with a shirt and tie and dress okay. pants. Yeah, and we usually put a, our dino zip over the uh, over the shirt and tie, and he just forgot everything. Oh no! Shirt wasn't in his pants. <laughs> no belt, and we got to security, and he unzipped his <laughs> he unzipped his his. Uh, his jacket and it was just a mess like dirty shirt bad tie just like skin. it was just, <laughs> uh, we were all laughing like it was it was, it was pretty funny <laughs> like ladies and gentlemen our starting point guard uh, starting point guard <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um yeah let's get to a little bit of fan mail or rapid fire yeah, or whatever sure. i actually came through with a little uh little story from back in the day nice. um so i was just reaching out to some people and one one person wrote in and said, I just remember back in the day, we used to, used to go to the same trainer, and Azoa was skinny, like really yeah. skinny. He said it was described as he was mid-puberty skinny. Yep. yep. <laughs> that exactly sounds, that sounds just about right. Um, <laughs> grade, was I in? grade nine. 
grade nine to grade ten, I was probably about one fifty soaking wet. I was like six feet maybe, um, and I thought that I was huge. I thought that I was like jacked. Like one fifty. Like, I thought yeah. I was like two hundred pounds walking around, and uh, <laughs> I kept getting bodied in practice in the game. <laughs> like I was like, you know, something I should change. So <laughs> the trainer he's talking about is uh, Jeff Aldum with the Athletes Pod. Uh, I've been working out with him throughout my throughout my years in high school, prep school. Every time I go back from junior college and from Calgary, I've been working out with him. Um, and I say like he's definitely he's definitely got me right. Like worked out with him four four days a week. Uh, started seeing progress that grade eleven summer. I gained like twenty pounds. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And I've been training with him ever since, and trained with him right up to when I went to JUCO. And right when I got back, before I came to Calgary. When you experience such a spike like that and gaining weight, does that change? And it's all strength, too. Like yeah. Good weight. Not yeah, good weight. Not, yeah, like not, good. not, yeah. not <laughs> weight. Good weight. But how does that affect how y- your performance is on the court? Does it change your shot that much? Like, what, what's going on there? Not, not necessarily because, uh, as Max mentioned, I put on, like, good weight. So I was doing, like, a lot of strength training. I wasn't necessarily just doing, like, muscle bodybuilding so okay, yeah, yeah. i was still able to maintain my vertical maintain my shot maintain my quickness because i was working out the right way there's actually one question i want to ask before we get into some of the quicker stuff um and maybe i'm just immature for asking this kind of thing but i'm always interested uh Azoa, are you one to chirp on the basketball floor when you're when you're playing are you business all the way and you don't try engage nope. in that i don't talk you don't talk no the only time I might talk is if the ref makes an absurd call. <laughs> but other than that, like, a lot of guys might talk trash to me, but I, yeah. I don't say anything. Just, yeah. yeah, all business. Yeah. All business. How how do you block that out? Because, you know, even in beer league, if someone tells me I'm skating funny, like, I'm going to the bench, <laughs> sorry as hell. So I'm kind of curious, like, how, how mentally do you just say, no, I'm not listening to any of that crap? I just smile. Yeah. <laughs> you say something to me, I'll look at you and I'll just smile. And then I come back down and score. <laughs> and then shrug my shoulders. Yeah. That's about it. I it's mean speaks louder, yeah. 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 Just yeah. got just gotta smile at that type of stuff because I mean, if you worked on your game, like you know your ability. Yeah. So someone else's words can't really like mentally break you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I actually saw a video of you playing when you're in Windsor. Yeah. And you were mic'd up for that game. Yeah, I was. I was so, a bit of a talker back then. Yeah. <laughs> you were a talker then. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say after I went to Juco, I kind of, I definitely calmed myself down. Like, I don't. So you're a totally different player than when you yeah, were in Windsor. I, Windsor, I was, yeah, I was talking a lot. I actually played point guard position, so I kind of had to talk a lot more. Yeah. But. I was going to say, it was good talk, though. Like, you yeah. were, you were, it was like you're a coach on the floor. Yeah. That's yeah. what it felt like. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's got a future in coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely had uh, a lot bigger role over there just trying to set up the offense get guys in the right places and stuff like that right and then after i went to junior college i just kind of learned that less is more so i don't necessarily need to talk back to other other players or chirp to any guy that just kind of need to communicate the things my team needs me to right do. there still needs to be that level where you're communicating with your own team right, right. You, yeah you might as well save your energy for your own team right? <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah that's awesome going from a you know, talker, so to speak, in, in your lens to a non-talker, was there a humbling moment for you where, you know, someone maybe got the better of you or there was just a switch you hit where you're like, I'm I'm not going to engage in this? Yeah, definitely my my first summer, 
uh, when I went to Texas in junior college. Um, I, I played against uh, the point guard Javon McCormick. He's at a he's at Auburn now, mm. and it was like my second day there, and we had open gym, and I scored or whatever, and I was talking. He came <laughs> down and he scored on me like every single time. Oh no! And I was it was over from there. Like <laughs> I was I was quiet, and I just I kept getting a lot better, and then eventually I started scoring on him, and I just started smiling at him. Right, couldn't really yeah. say much. Yeah. So yeah. Last question about the chirping, then we'll move on. I swear. Um, but what is what is the cliche or most effective basketball chirp that you know you will hear from other players, or you'll hear throughout a game or whatever? Like, what is something that you say during, a, or a teammate can say during a basketball game, and it works every time? Like, it's always funny. Okay, I'll give you two. Yeah, let's do it. I'll give you the first one when someone's shooting a free throw. <laughs> <laughs> what what I used to do, like what a lot of players do, is you just start saying random stuff to them. <laughs> Whatever you can think of. <laughs> you just whisper it, scream it, and you just start saying random stuff and they're just gonna just gonna throw them off and they might miss that free throw. Three point line? If someone's shooting a three and you yo brick. <laughs> Those are some there's, good there's, there's, there's oh, a good man. chance it's gonna be off. I mean I've I've heard that, especially when we went to uh to Lethbridge, they made some signs for us and stuff like that. So <laughs> I just smiled. I laughed at them. Yeah. Told them it's a good sign. And then, uh, you know, went on, got the W. When you're at the free throw line, do you get distracted? Like, do you, do you actually, like, look at what's going on in the crowd or nothing like no that? Okay. No. No, but there's, like, have you seen those videos where, like, even Michael Phelps was, like, involved in one of those where he, like, went back to... That's, like, Arizona State, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, where yeah. they have, like, they'll have, like, shower curtains and then they'll open the shower curtains <laughs> and these guys is doing the most Michael Phelps just, stuff. like, ripped off all stuff. Yeah. He was in a swimsuit. Just really? Like, that was it. And he was just going nuts. <laughs> and he was basically, like... Yeah practically naked yeah like I, I don't know i feel like or there's like a delivery a birth delivery yeah there's a fake delivery there's oh, really? like a, yeah. <laughs> someone on like a hospital gurney like just being pushed through but like i don't know i feel like if you did like a study of that that it i don't know may, maybe like people miss more often with those guys specifically but i imagine like you're so focused on on, on the on the rim at that point yeah that you're just like i don't get noise hey yeah what do, you, what, do you, what do you think about noise like do you just block all that out I don't hear it sometimes. That's crazy. Like yeah. when I play, especially if it's a really, really big game and it's loud, you just block out the noise. You don't really hear anything. Just hear the basketball. Hear Coach Van Horn screaming at me to rebound. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. The only voice you have is Coach Van Horn. Right? Yeah, and, and Coach Dan. Oh, and Pearson. Dan. Yeah. Oh, man. That yeah, guy's yeah. a clown. We love him. Yeah, we had Dan on the yeah, podcast. Friend of the show. So. That's right. Yeah, it's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your favorite Kobe Bryant moment. When Matt, when he was uh, guarding the inbounder, Matt Barnes had the ball and threw at his face, and Kobe didn't move. He didn't flinch. No flinch. Yeah, yeah. that's an all-time clip. Honestly, like across any sport, that is one of the sickest things I've ever seen. Like, Straight gangster. Yeah, doesn't even care. He was in the zone. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite Kobe moment right there. Yeah. Should we do some rapid fire before we? Yeah, wrap I was kind of transitioning into it yeah. already. Okay. So. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I guess I'll start with um, favorite sport to watch that isn't basketball. Football. Football. So you an NFL guy? No, yeah. I don't know the rules, <laughs> but I just like watching the yeah. sport. Yeah. Okay. If I like if I had to choose a sport that I know the rules, I'd say soccer, just because yeah. I used to play. Yeah. 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 Sure. 
If you had to build a franchise around Luka Doncic or Trey Young, who are you going with? Going with Luka Doncic. Why? Because he's he's been playing pro since he was like 17. And he knows the game. And he has a vet's game right now, even though he's only been in the league for a couple years. And he has a better haircut. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. And he's he's taller. (laughs) And he can play defense. Yes. Or more than Trey anyway. Yeah, Yeah. and he's not a mismatch. Okay. Okay. Um, Worst dancer on the team. (laughs) So many to pick from, right? (laughs) Worst dancer? Maybe Brett. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Wait, he's a bad. All six eight of him. All six eight of him. Maybe he Brett. gets a pass. He gets a pass. <laughs> uh, I assume Brett's kind of like one of the quieter guys on the team. Yeah, but he's also one of those guys that when he speaks, you'll listen to him. Right. Yeah. But funniest thing that Brett has said. <sighs> I don't know. He doesn't. All season, he's never made you laugh once. I mean, he's made me laugh, but it's what he did. He okay, what what has he done? <laughs> Funniest thing he's done. So we swept a team, and he had to do a, a little sweep dance with the, okay, with the broomstick. Go. That's go. the funniest thing I've seen him do. <laughs> it was hilarious. Does anyone have video of this? <laughs> no, it's okay. confidential. Yeah. Okay. I can't show it. I said too much already. <laughs> it's a locked Snapchat video or something. So. <laughs> awesome. Um, What... What kind of things do you guys do on road trips, games? Do you guys do cards? Do you do like exploding do? kittens? Exploding have, kittens. Have you heard of that card game? I've heard of it, but I don't. I don't know the yeah, again. Like Max, you in football, I don't know the rules. Max Max just kind of brought it to us a couple of trips ago. We've been playing that. We've been playing uh, who's most likely to. Uh, it's like a card game, and okay. basically. It's like a deck of maybe 52 cards and you flip it and you say who's most likely to spend all their money on a yacht. And then we kind of say who oh, okay. on the team is most likely to do that. Nice. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's basically just a chance to like roast each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could say that. Some guys might get their feelings hurt. <laughs> Biggest prank this year. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so curious about this. Haven't done it yet. Ooh. Right, do you do you shy away from that kind of stuff? Or are you like, I don't really want to engage with pranks? Because I know like once you start, it's... Once you start, yeah, it's, it's over? It's, it's never going to stop. Like there's so many, you know, even... I'm sure you've had some too, Jeremy, just playing minor league sports. Like like going to a hockey banquet and, you know, guys going under the table and cutting your pants <laughs> off and like, stuff like that. Like you're like putting like sugar in your shoes or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, Nah, I don't, I don't think I don't think I'll partake yeah. in that. I don't know. It's just not me. Yeah. Well, not even you, but like as an observer. I I mean, it would be funny to see it happen, <laughs> but just not to me, I guess. Worst pregame meal you've ever had? One that you started playing, you're like, oh, that was a really bad idea. <laughs> um, where were we? I forgot where we were. This was recent. I had like some prime rib. I never eat red meat before a game. Oh, it was Winnipeg. Yeah, it was, it, was Winnipeg. it was Winnipeg. <laughs> I had like some prime rib and <laughs> mashed heavy. potatoes or something, and it just did not go well with me. And oh, man. <laughs> let's just say it was it was bad. It was, <laughs> it was really bad on the court for me that day. <laughs> Shot like one for ten or what? It was, yes. Yeah, <laughs> something, something similar to that, actually. It was pretty yeah. bad. Still got the W, though, so. There you go. 
who's it's got good. the who's got the quirkiest pregame routine? I don't know. I mean, we're kind of away from each other. Even everyone's pretty much asleep, and then we just wake up and go downstairs. I haven't necessarily <laughs> seen anyone like do something like insane or crazy or anything like that. I think everyone like everyone's pretty old on our team. It's kind of just like. Just a bunch of dads. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Sleep, wake up, yeah. grab something to eat, listen to some music, go play. It's great. Who's the guy that gets everyone hyped up before a game? Who's I'd say uh, Edwin in Edwin? layup lines. Okay. Right before, right when we're doing our layup lines, to do some crazy dunks, get the crowd into yeah. it, get us into it. Yeah. And Bill. Oh, yeah. Wow, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, That's my great. guy right there. Yeah. What's the craziest duck you've ever seen Edward make? Two-hand reverse windmill. Yeah. Oof, he has some bounce. Okay. I can yeah. barely, like, conduct a layup. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it in a video game. No, I know. <laughs> I, um, I, think, uh, I think final question. Um, again, thank you so much for taking your time. Really no appreciate it. Yep. Um, what's, the, what's one play that you've made uh, in your career as, you know, high schooler or college goer that you even surprised yourself uh, it was high school my my grade 12th year we played against uh, Bishop Burning they were our rival our rival school and uh, my teammate threw it to me in transition and uh, the defender from Bishop Burning was running with me he jumped and I jumped and I caught a body <laughs> yeah just dunked on him <laughs> and I was just so surprised I just started screaming <laughs> I'd say like that was that was a really surprising moment for me. I think even my coach was, was shocked. Like I looked to the bench and he was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <That's unreal. laughs> but it was good. Yeah, that's when he first started becoming a talker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Probably. <laughs> that probably. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you so much, man. No problem. Thank you for having me. This episode of Dinos Unfiltered is a presentation of Dinos Athletics. Episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and our website, godinos.com. Make sure to check out the website or the Go Dinos app for schedules and tickets to all your favorite games. And if you can't make it out to the game, remember that our games are streamed on Canada West TV presented by Co-op. Thanks to my special guests today and hope you'll join us in the next episode.